welcome back <laughs> to the Black Media Podcast. Laser, laser, laser. That is the best. That is the best intro we've had. That is like the most Michael Bay intro that we can. Watch. It's like Transformers. It was insane. Uh, uh, I don't. I'm just like in that. I'm definitely in a in an action movie mode right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like literally just got into it like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Like, yeah, I've, maybe all that Predator that I watched yesterday. I love that you watched Predator yesterday. I had never seen that movie. I can't believe you had never seen it. I had never seen that movie. Nah. I had never, like, gone into... I didn't understand what it was. Now I get what it is. It's like, let's take an alien movie, mix it with Marines and Army, and just... It's very, like, it's a boy's boy movie. It, yeah. It, like, it, blow up, aliens, thermal... Were you into that when you were little? No. No? No. Okay. I don't remember being into the movies much when I was a kid, unless it was like a very like... I was into like martial arts movies. I think that's because I did karate and taekwondo. So I watched like Karate Kid and Three Ninjas and Ninja Turtles. What about Chuck Norris movies? Uh, I don't think I saw any Chuck Norris okay. movies. I saw the Bloodsport movies. or the Okay. Kid, Those are good. The Van Damme ones. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Um, I, I saw the Steven Seagal. Was that Steven that? Seagal? <laughs> of course, yeah. God. Under siege, yeah. Man, what that were the was ones before one. that that he was like an actual karate karate? I don't, I don't remember. Did I, I pronounce that right? Yeah, karate, <laughs> karate. But I was definitely into you know the Karate Kid. I really miss Blockbuster. I miss block Blockbuster Video. Uh-huh. Ooh, what a difference. Blockbuster video. What was the video that you got the most? Like, I feel like most kids that grew up, you know, during that time, um, we would go to Blockbuster video like once a week. Yeah, for sure. And you would, your parents would allow you to get a video or a video game. I wasn't really into video games, but I always would get like a movie. And so my sister would pick one, I would pick one, and my parents would pick one, and that was like what we that would was all a tradition, watch. Yeah. And so sometimes you would get into like you would just want to get the same movie over and over again. Did that ever happen to you? It did happen to me. It did happen for sure. Uh, Goonies. Okay. For sure, I was obsessed with the Goonies, and um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure to me, I watched it so many times, and it's so weird because I tried to watch it a couple weeks ago. It's such a bad movie. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get through it. I was like, I can't believe I watched this movie hundreds of times, and like now, as you know, a, an older man, I just can't. I, I can't like get through it. The second one that had all the historical figures. Well, the first so, one had historical figures. It did. Yeah, it was, but it was the same premise for both. It is was it, just which different. is the one with so crates. That was the first one, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. And now they're they're uh, there's word that they're making a new one now, a modern day one with the fifty something year old Keanu Reeves and the buddy. Keanu Reeves can yeah. still fucking get it. Yeah, hey man. You know, he's a handsome dude. Ja- he's, J- John those John Wick movies are so good. Yeah, yeah man. I yeah, love those all John. Of them. I haven't I haven't seen the second or third one. So but uh but I'm I'm going to. What about you? What was your video? Sister Act. Ooh 
Wow. We loved Sister. My sister and I both yes. loved Sister Act. Sister Act 1 and Sister Act 2. Loved Whoopi Goldberg. Love those nuns. Yep. Those, those singing were great. Nuns. That's um, a great movie. Yeah. I love those. Um, I was really into like my best friend's wedding. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But Say a little prayer for you. Love that movie. and ever. Yeah, man. I was really into like Julia Roberts. Basically, like I liked every Julia Roberts. It was a good era. Yeah, it was a good era for her. That was the best. And my mom was, liked it too. So yeah, that was that was a good that was a good movie. My best friend's wedding was a good movie. Um, the thing is with Blockbuster, my the biggest breakthrough I ever had with Blockbuster is when I finally convinced my parents to go on Thursday nights to get the videos instead of Friday nights, because then you had the pick of the litter. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that was great. That's really, yeah. my, that's really, that's very forward thinking of you. Oh, and then, and then when you would go and like they already knew who you were, so you would walk in through the exit and walk in to the counter where all the returns were that haven't been put back on the shelf yet. Yes. And when you had enough confianza with them and they knew, oh, here's this kid again, and I would, and I would just like, hey, can I kind of just, and they're like, yeah, okay, and I would just kind of like sift through and be like, oh, yeah, there, there, Did there's that video. Did you ever go there, when you were going to Blockbuster Video, was it VHS or was it DVDs? Uh, my, when I... When my mind takes me there, it's VHS. Yeah, um, I know that I experienced both. I just, in my mind, don't differentiate the time. Like, it's all, like, one big time yeah. block. But when my mind takes me there, I picture the, the VHS. Did you, were you kind, and did you rewind? Always. Okay. Always. But not because I, I did it myself. It was my, my dad was like... Did you rewind it? Did you rewind it? He'd open it up because you could check. Remember on the VHS, you could check if the left side was more full than the right. And he would check and he's like, you need to go and rewind it. And I'm like, oh. Did you ever Fine. have one of those high-speed rewinders? Yes. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Oh, no. So great. Oh, so great. Yeah. You were legit my dad into, was like, into that, that culture. Oh, my dad was all into the surround sound. <gasps> my dad had all the equipment, huge speakers and, like... Stereo. Oh, yeah. And... He was. He worked in ele- electronics most of his career, so he was so much into that. And uh, and we always had, like, a movie theater in our, in our house. And he was never happy with what we had. I was. But he was always like, oh, only if this TV were bigger or you know imagine if it was like this and i'm like this is fine right now like this is actually really loud right now you know and he would he would put on these really really great movies like he was he got me my dad got me into music and he got me into into film that that's that that was his that was his contribution to my life for sure my father built the home theater in um our so like in our house the first house that we had really was in lakes of the meadow um, and so, but it was really weird because my parents like had like these formal living spaces that we never used, you know, like we had a formal living room that only got used when we had visita. Right. Right. Yeah. Of course. La visita. You know, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Only, now we can basically use it. Only with time. And for, for a non, for non Spanglish speakers, it's when we had guests over. So it was like a formal living room that would never, ever got used, only got used when there was guests. Um, there was a formal dining room that never got used only when there was guests over. But so we lived, we had like what we, where we did most of our living was in an Eden kitchen. So it was like a kitchen with like a space where you can fit like a table with four chairs and like a, and like a a TV kind of like bookcase. So my father built the home theater in the kitchen. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's great, dude. I love. And we that. would all sit like in ch- like these like these chairs, like these kitchen chairs, <laughs> and just watch movies. And I remember like propping my feet up against the bookcase and like having to watch everything like in a forty five degree <laughs> angle because that was my spot. Right. You know, right. like everyone has the spot. Of course. So we never got to like lounge on a couch and like veg out. It was oh, always wow. like sitting on a chair in front of, on a table or like. That's and with surround sound in the kitchen. That is crazy. I've yeah. never heard of anything like that. It was nuts. That's the it's first the thing- time I hear of an experience like that. It wasn't until we moved in. So we left that house and we moved into like the high, South Miami High Pines area okay. in 96. Okay. And my fa- my parents like built like they were able to like get a house and like remodel it. And my that's where my dad's like, we're putting in the home theater. Yeah. <laughs> And they had like a TV, like they, they, it was, okay, it was in the kitchen again. So whatever, like, <laughs> that was just that, that was, yeah, that was, that was, that was, was a family again, tradition. Once again, in the fucking kitchen. Right, family but, tradition. Yeah, but this time the TV was like in the kitchen. I, so the kitchen was one way and like they had like a huge, like they had like a, this, a big, like kind of like a, like a Florida room kind of like space and there was like a couch and the couch faced the TV and he put all the speakers around that area. So that's kind of like the, that was like our spot. And everyone, like, we could all watch. Finally, we could watch. Oh, it's so good, though. I love that. I, I, I miss, you know, I try to recreate that with with my kids. And uh, I haven't been too successful. But now I think. Are we in your, the, the video, is the movie room? Yeah. Yeah, it is. But I feel like this is like, I mean, do you, where else? There's no yeah, TV. Yeah, no, it's only here. Yeah, yeah, it's here. Yeah, this is where we, this is where we do it. And um, we, we just kind of like watch all the movies and stuff, but we haven't done it in a while. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn that back on once we move, once we move, I'm going to make sure we like have a night where we just, you know, all sit down and, or not sit down. In your case, it would be sitting down for us to veg out and yeah. watch a movie. Yeah. By the way, I vegged out again yesterday for this. That's makes twice in two weeks. It was a crazy experience. What was so, what's so crazy about vegging out? It's, no, no, vegging out is not crazy. What's crazy <laughs> is my reaction to it, where I, I had to, I constantly catch myself, like, oh my gosh, what needs to be done? Oh my gosh, what do I need to do? Oh my gosh, I need to get up. So, um, so yeah, I'm enjoying that, and that was anyway. I didn't mean to. Do you I feel like it's derail. paying off, or do you feel like you're being able to? Like it's worth it. Is the time where it's you're doing it. nothing worth it? It's worth it. It's worth it because Versus I feel like this what is else? What, you, what, I mean, what else would you be doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and this is and this is just better quality life. You know, so yeah, no, definitely. And I, I'm now that I'm more comfortable with that. I think I'm gonna. I just wish there was a, like a blockbuster we can go to with my, you know, with the kids and stuff, and have that, have them have that experience. But, uh, but that's all right. We just pick it off of the Amazon Prime list, and we'll rent a movie. And I want to do more of that with them because a lot of my memories are there. Like the memory you just described of like where you sat in the kitchen and f- sitting at a forty-five degree angle. Like that's always going to stick with you. That memory is always going to stick. It was with a hard you. fucking chair. Dude, it's super <laughs> uncomfortable. Of course, it's going to stick with you. Is that why you have such good posture now? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. It was hard. Like it was. Yeah. You have good posture. Do you? Do I? Yeah, you do. You have okay. good posture. Yeah. I'm always noticing that because I mean, I'm like, I have really bad posture. I have to like really. You know, like that run this morning really like, oh, my back was just really killing me. So. I feel that I hold a lot of tension in my traps and in my shoulders. And so when I tell myself to relax, they kind of roll back down um, and my neck gets longer and I just feel less tension. Yeah. So 
Well, all those years so, of sitting in the kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. I guess. Yeah. We got to get um, somebody. Uh, we got to get Chip on the show because Chip worked at Blockbuster for a very long time. So he's going to he can really unlock help us unlock a lot of memories from the 80s and 90s because he's like an encyclopedia of movies. Did you have a typical like teenage job? Uh, okay, like did you yeah. work at a mall? No, I worked at I worked with my parents. My parents owned a furniture business, so I worked with them at like from like 15 to 18. And then at 18, yes, I worked at the Falls. I worked at a store called the Channel 2 Store of Knowledge. <gasps> I used to love that store. I used to love working at that, that store. That store was so cool. It really was. It really was and I was the designated devil sticks guy. I was the guy at the door. With the two sticks and, two, the, and the little baton in the middle. And you yep. were like, click, clack, click, and clack, I, click, and click, And I would click, spin click. it and do all these fun tricks. And the kids would love it. And wow. and the parents would hang out and watch me do it. And I, I was the designated. What years did you work at the Falls? 90. Okay. So I worked at Channel 2 Store of Knowledge from ninety May of 97 to May of 98. Exactly one year. And then I worked at the Sunglass Hut on the Bloomingdale side of the Falls from 98 to 99. And then from 99 to 2000, I worked at the Falls at the other Sunglass Hut closer to Macy's uh, from 99 to 2000. Damn. Yeah. So I spent I three years the, working at the Falls. I did an internship at the Macy's in the housewares department at the Falls the spring of my senior year in college. So not 2003. 2003. Yeah. An internship? That's yeah. interesting. Why? Why? How did you end up there? As a, what did you major in? What so I, I majored in, mer- in retail merchandising. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, and so the internship was you work with uh, one of the department managers in the store and you learn how to do things like you learn how to merchandise the floor. You learn how to organize all of the vendors on the floor. You learn how to look at what is selling and what isn't and how to drive sales through placement on the floor. You learn how to schedule employees. You learn how to manage payroll. Sure. You learn all the things of like running that business yeah of course um from the store side because in retail you have the buying side which is the people who work at the corporate office and have the relationships with the vendors and they're like give me this many shirts and this many pants you know of of that of that brand and that brand and that brand and you run the business that way or you work in the store directly with the consumer selling the stuff that the buyers have bought and so I ended up working, my first job out of college was in the buying office of Burdines in downtown Miami. I'm sorry, what was it called? Bur- Burdines. Burdines. Burdine. Bur-dine. Bur-dine. <laughs> well, no, Burdines. Burdines at downtown. Oh my God, I haven't heard that name. Burdines, so. yeah. Oh my God. Which was the first department store in Miami yes, brought down by William H. Burdine himself, Ooh, I didn't who was know friends that. with um, Mr. Deering, Charles Deering. From Deering Estates? From Deering Estates. Look at that. Yeah, he was part of like those Florida uh, people who brought made Florida and Miami uh, what it is today. Right. Yeah. So, and that was my plan. When I knew that, when I went to college, it was because they had a fashion program. So that's why I picked Florida State and not University of Florida. Um, my original plan was to get a fashion design degree, but... Um, a lot of the classes that I took at Miami Day transferred over, um, and, and a lot of those credits would have transferred better through the merchandising side, which is like the business side of the fashion. So I was like, well, that seems like a more prudent decision to make. Sure. Um, and then I got the, you know, I got an internship in Miami and I loved Miami and my plan was to come back to Miami and, 
That's it. Wow. That's how that's, I, that's fantastic. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, you, that that's what you had majored in. So you were in the falls in 2003. I was in the falls in 2003. Oh, yeah. I had to wear a, a shirt and tie every day. Did so you have a retail, like a, before that, did you ever work in the mall? I worked. So I got a, I wanted to get, like my first job applications was like the summer of my junior year in high school, right? So I'm like 16 years old. And all I wanted to do was work at the merry-go-round in town and country. Oh Because they had God. the coolest they clothes. <gasps> wow, memory unlocked. Oh my gosh, dude. Oh, and I, I went and I filled out an application. We're, we're filling up that nostalgia bucket today. They fill, I filled out an application at the merry-go-round. I went in, I basically spent an entire day at Town and Country Mall, in the on the inside part, not the outside. Oh part. yeah, I remember. On it, the yeah. inside part, going from like store to store. I went to the Gap. I went to the merry-go-round. I went to. Uh, I don't know what the other one was called, like traffic. Yeah, that's um, what it was. Or d- d- it wasn't that many. There, there wasn't there a was lot. A wild pair, the shoe store. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh huh. And I filled out like a ton of applications, and I got zero callbacks. Really? Not one. Oh my god. Zero. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, zip, zero, nada. Um, and so I ended up finding, like, through my school, um, there was, like, an internship placement program with a bunch of different, like, businesses in the community. And so there was a bank um, in Brickell called, Lo- no, it was in downtown Miami. It was Lloyd's Bank, like Lloyd's of London. They had, like, a, 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 they had an office here in Miami that would was doing work with, I guess, all of the South American companies. And so I got, a, I got an internship through them there that summer. So I was like, well, I guess I can't work at the mall, so I'm going to go work in downtown at this, like, very professional, like, where I made copies and made coffee and, you know, filled out envelopes for ladies who liked having a teenage boy around the office. <laughs> Like, I'm not saying that I was sexually harassed because I didn't feel like I, I, I didn't understand. I'm not saying it. But. but looking back on it, there was definitely some problematic behavior by some of these women. Oh, no. And things that they would ask me to do, like, oh, can you bend over and pick that up? Oh, can you lift that box and bring it over here? Oh, oh my you know, God, dude, really? Maybe you should like, you could take off. Do you need to take off that shirt and tie so that you can move these boxes? No way. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Like is it Dang. too hot for you? Like you can, you get you can feel free to get comfortable. There was like one particularly like really problematic like higher level. Oh my god! Yeah, dude, that's crazy, man. No, like wow, that's no, I've never had anything like that happen to me. That's yeah. for sure. Oh, so when you were nothing happened because I'm okay. gay. Okay, <laughs> I, was I was not into her. I was waiting. I was no, waiting. nothing ever fucking happened. No, like. Bum, bum, bum. I don't, Maybe she tried to put herself in like positions like to make herself more like amenable to like me trying something. But I was like completely clueless to what was going on around me. Only so to the I mean, looking back on it now on that particular experience, I can definitely think of one moment where had I been like a straight guy, I probably could have engaged in some sort of lewd and lascivious behavior with this woman. But because I'm not, my mind wasn't there. And, you know, I didn't really happen. Nothing nothing happened. I I did an internship at a PR firm that was only women. It was only women. 
I was, and then they, I forgot, I even forgot how I got the internship, but I was the, I just remember being the only guy there and it was, it was, there was nothing like that. It was more like a, we were doing fine until this guy got here kind of mentality. So oh. yeah, 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 yeah. So it was really bad. Like I would get there at nine in the morning and they would, they would say, okay, remember you have to start, um, start, uh, taking lunch orders as of now. And I would like. I was at a PR firm thinking that I wanted to get into public relations. And for three months of my life, all I did was take lunch orders because it was from nine to two. So from nine to 11, I was taking lunch orders from 11 to noon. I was or- ordering and then walking over, picking up or driving over, picking up, coming back around 12, 12, 15, delivering. Um, and then around one, they would give me like one little thing to do. Or can you make this phone call or can you mail this out? Then it was time for me to go. And uh, and it was my mom that was like. Um, they don't want you there. <laughs> like you're, 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 you're ruining their, their, you're ruining their shit. They, they're not, they don't want you to grow there. They don't want you to, you know, you're a guy they've, they've established a strong all women PR firm. And, uh, I don't know how, I don't even know how you got the internship. Yeah. That makes no yeah, sense. I don't know. I don't know who hired you, but my mom was like, listen, you're, you're a diversity y- y- hire. Y- yeah. Like, uh, yeah, 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 seriously. <laughs> she was like, it doesn't make any sense. You're fully bilingual. You're, 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 you're great at communication. You're, you know, you're good at business. You know, you're, you have all these talents and they're not taking advantage of a single one. So you got to go, you're too young to be, you know, being used like that, you know? You, yeah. So, and I, I just walked in one day and it was this, one of the girls was very, she's very, she mad issues with men, like very, she had serious issues with men. And one time she like lost her shit because her sandwich, she asked for it with no tomatoes and it came with tomatoes and she treated me so poorly about it and i was like i looked at her and i go you realize that i don't work at that restaurant right i was like man i was like it's just you're such a brat dude like it's so crazy like you're so overprivileged i could tell you know i I don't know what that's like because i've had to struggle and and work hard for everything i have but you you're here crying over tomatoes dude like i can't work with someone like you i'm out dude i'm out this is have you worked at a restaurant Never. I, I, I worked at Starbucks for three years. No. Yeah. Which Were you is a why barista? I'm, I was. I was a great barista, too. Really? You want to hear something crazy? In those three yeah, years. Yeah, you like peppermint in your coffee. That's fucking crazy. We're going to talk about that. No. In, but in three years, those three years, I wasn't a coffee drinker. So three years. Were that you I, a coffee drinker before you got there? Nope. Okay. I didn't start drinking coffee until I got, when I got separated, when I got divorced at 30 is when I started drinking coffee. And, um,. And, and I guess it was because of the fatigue from all the stress I feel like I needed to pick me up. So I started drinking coffee, which really all it does is make you more anxious. It doesn't really wake you up. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here or there. But yeah. but I, I worked for three. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the closest I got to people's food, I guess. Like if you consider like and this is before they had the sandwiches. This was just like they only had the bakery type stuff. OK. Was um, it still like la boulangerie? No. Before Starbucks brought in all their food items under the the guide or the the banner of la boulangerie. Oh. It wasn't Starbucks yet and then they like realized that it was stupid and just called it all Starbucks. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember who it was, but all I know it was more of the, like the brownies, the croissants. It wasn't like the heated sandwiches and got all it. the fancy stuff they have now. So that's the closest I ever so got like, to people's what food. What years was that? This was 2002 to 2000 2001 to 2004 and that's when i graduated i graduated in 2004 from college so um it was fantastic i had at 20 hours a week i had full medical i had a free pound of coffee a week 
I had like, it was great. It was a great, they're a great company to work for. Yeah. Which is why I'm still a fan now. And now I'm a coffee drinker now that it's not free because I'm an idiot like that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I put peppermint in my coffee and I stick to that. I think it's great and it's delicious. Uh, I worked at a restaurant, um, from 1998 until like 2004. Five. That's a long time. With a break for two years when I worked at Burdines. So I went to college. While I was at college, all of my undergrad, I would work. I worked at a restaurant. I worked at the Beverly Hills Cafe in South Miami. I love that place. I loved that place. Yeah. <laughs> what years did you work there? I worked there from May of 1998 until like March of 2005. We crossed paths in so many moments of our lives, George. Yeah. In this, through the recordings of this podcast and other conversations we've had, we have been in the same place at the same time so many times. Why do you think I saw it's you? So How do you think crazy. I knew that you would play at Bougainvillea's? Well, yeah, I, I know that. Yeah, I know that. I remember that. Well, oh, we because you would there. work after work. You yeah. go there after work. Yeah. We would get off work oh my, and then is, go drink beers and watch you guys play. And you're blowing my mind, dude. Uh-huh. This is crazy. That was one of my favorite places to go to always. Like if anybody ever asked me at any point in time, hey, where do you want to go eat? I want to go to Beverly Hills Cafe. Yeah. That was me. I was that guy. Mm-hmm. And I used, to, I used to love sitting in the back mm-hmm. and outside. Wow. What'd you do there? So I was a busser for the, the first year. And then I like was a, I prom- got promoted to server. And I worked as a server. Basically the entire time, except for that first year that I was a busboy. The the so the restaurant industry, that's a that's a tough one, right? There's a lot of like there's a lot of darkness there, isn't there? Uh, I would say that it's a really good skill to have, and um, to know that you have it within yourself to be able to make money. Like I know that if I always felt like if nothing else i can go get a job at a restaurant and i know how to make money like i can rely on being able to be a waiter and being a good a good waiter and good at customer service to be able to like make good tips and to like sustain my life because there was a time when so I, like i said i was I, gra- I did it all through college um and i was able to like basically like afford like i afforded a lot of the things that i was doing on that money that i was making and then when i graduated i got a job in the professional world um, it didn't pan out the way I wanted it to. And eventually the company gets sold and it becomes uh, Berdine's closes and it all becomes Macy's and they close the corporate office and they move it to New York. Um, and so I was like not in a position to do that. So I didn't know what else to do. So I went back to waiting tables and I did that for like close to like almost like two years. I was like, I want to say like 18 months between that and when I got the job at the law office, which is what took me on the path to where I am today. Um, but when I was the second time around, which is like after I've grad, like post after I've graduated from college and I've gone back to waiting tables after doing my professional thing, I was definitely in a different mindset. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be a person who works in the service industry. What can I do to like, take it to the next level. Like I've gotten this degree. I've learned a couple different things. I want to start like moving up and I was going to start working as, or training to be, to do get into like management and like running restaurants and getting into that when I got the offer to do this office manager thing at the law office, um, which just 
that completely just changed yeah, created the trajectory another path. Yeah. Um, in my life. But yeah, like I knew that I could always, I always had it in my back for a very long time. I kept like my relationship with the restaurant at least like once or twice a week going in and picking up an extra shift for a little bit of cash in my pocket just to be like, if this, if this office thing doesn't work out, I always have a safety net of yeah, being able to smart. go back and work. I mean, I'm, I mean, I was able to afford, like I, I had a one bedroom apartment. I had my car, I paid my insurance. I did all the things I wanted to do. And I was working, you know, I mean, I was working seven shifts a week. Right. So like I would have like Monday off, but I would, no, I would work like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then always Sundays off. I never worked on Sundays. That's, 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 let me tell you, I always say that I admire people who have had that experience working with people's food and that level. People's behavior really can change once they, once they, you know, there's so there's so much psychology that goes behind the I'm going out to dinner or going out to lunch thing because it is a luxury and you expect to receive a certain level of service. And people who maybe are usually not so picky become picky in those situations. And like I have gone out to lunch and I've gone out to dinner with people who have made me so uncomfortable because me, I'm not a complainer. I'm not a complainer. I went out to lunch yesterday. I, I ordered this specific sandwich with a certain type of bread, and I didn't get it. I did not return it. I said I'll eat it just as it is. But I've been out with people who not only say something about it, which maybe they should, but they don't know how to speak to people. Like They're like, excuse me, this is not what I ordered. Like I clearly said, you know, rye bread. You know, And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe... Like. I liked this person before we walked through the door and now I'm seeing like this really nasty side of them. Like I hope that I hope I never piss this person off. I've always for those reasons, knowing how people's behavior can be in a restaurant setting. I've always admired people who've worked in the food industry. Always. I will definitely send food back. Yeah, you should. I will definitely send if there's something that I want and I've ordered and made and I've and I've been given the opportunity. I've given. I've been given like the green light to order it the way that I want it. Then I would like it to come that way. If you tell me, uh, I'm sorry, sir, we don't do substitutions here. Then I under. Then I'm like, okay, fine. Then I'll just do whatever it is. But if I want the, if I want the nachos without jalapenos because David doesn't like jalapenos and well, that's a big one because that's whatever, like a huge like, difference. Whatever, like yeah. listen, if I want my if I want my club sandwich with rye bread, then I want my rye bread. Like that's what I, I want the rye bread. Give it has a very specific bread. taste. I know I don't want whole wheat, Karen. I want Karen. rye. <laughs> no, Paul, I do not want pumpernickel. Listen, Steve, I want rye. You know. <laughs> And I will gladly give you the gratuity at the end if you make it right. Like, I understand that there's a thing. I, I guess restaurants now have have evolved that there's a lot of hands on deck. And sometimes the person who's the, taking your order is not the person who's bringing you your food. And so the person who takes your order make, does a maybe doesn't let's 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 say that the the waitress or the waiter or the server let's use a non-gender specific term the server is takes your order meticulously and does everything that they do correctly and they put it into the the kitchen and they say okay uh, carlos wants a turkey sandwich on rye bread lettuce tomato no mayo uh 
Sounds right. Great. You know me really well. Okay, great. Yeah. So I put into the thing, and I'm like, okay, club sandwich, bread selection, rye, uh, condiment selection, mustard only, lettuce, tomato, no onion, no pickle. Okay, great, great. I build the sandwich. I put it into the system. Click, boom, boom, get sent. Then I go on to do my other thing. And then when I see the food arriving to your table... I'm like, okay, let me just go check and make sure everything is right. And I, and you know, you're looking, I can see that you are looking at your plate and then you're like looking up and looking around and you're like making the, I know that move really you, well. You, 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 you look up and you look to the left hard and you look to the right hard. <laughs> and that is a key to the waiter that like this person is looking for wrong. you because yeah. something is not correct. So I make it at a point to like come over and I like, did everything come out okay? And then you're like, no, sir. I asked for rye and this is not rye. Then I'm like, uh, you know, it could be that the kitchen messed it up and the food runner is like, all their job is, is to take it out when the person says take it out. And yeah. And then I have to go back to the kitchen and be like, uh, I wrote it into the computer with rye and you're giving me white, you know. Yeah, but the fear, the fear sending food back is always that they're going to spit in your food. I mean, that's like the fear. That's what everybody it, says. Everybody I, assumes that that's what's going to happen. And it's and we're living in a time where people just <laughs> say it like it's an automatic. Like, that's the first thing. Like, oh, they're going to spit in your food now for sure. I don't. And I'm like. I would definitely not spit in someone's food no if I, the kitchen <laughs> fucked it up. Like, there has been times when I've been tasked with trying to sell something that was not asked for. So, like, I've ordered it correctly and the kitchen has prepared it incorrectly. And the person who's running the kitchen says, try and sell it. And it puts the server in a really precarious situation of like trying to make you eat something that you didn't want. Like, so if I get you and That's you're really like, strange. and like you ordered it with rye and you want, and I, and they made it with whole wheat because they ran out of rye because they messed up because of a hundred different reasons. And the person at the kitchen, at the window who's managing the kitchen's like, try and at least try and sell it. And then you come out and you go, well, listen, it looks like you can lose a little weight. So how about wheat, right? I'll, no, but I'll just be like, <laughs> I'll put it down. I'll and like, if you don't say the anything, then we're, it is what it is. Right. And we're just, we're not going to talk about it. Right. Yeah. If you say something, um, I will like shrug like, oh, do you want, would you like me to take it back for you? Yeah, please say no. Right. And you'll say, no, it's fine. And you're like, okay, well, I'm so sorry. Like. I'll see if I can do something else, whatever, you know, right. you try to make it right. In another, right in, way. in another way. And like, then you become like a little extra attentive and, um, yeah, man. I mean, so that, that, but that's what I'm talking about. Like that to me is it, all of that is so I wouldn't be, that's not my jam. Like that would, I, I would not be good in that environment. Um, and, and that's why like I, I, again, I admire people. I'm super uh, sensitive when, to all that stuff now. And now like, I usually I try not to make complicated orders. Yeah. Um, so that I will try to order off the menu as like as it's written as like as close to that as possible. I won't ask to add anything new. I may ask to take things away, but that's it. Um, if it says no substitutions, I don't ask them to substitute. And I always like always 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 leave over twenty percent. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. No. Yeah. The only time I haven't was at this local restaurant here called Sergio's. Um, I noticed that they hadn't brought us bread. This was the last time I went there and it last time I'll ever go there. But um, yeah, I, I said, you know, I said, sir, I, I feel like uh, usually there's bread and, and you haven't. I don't think you brought the bread out. And the guy just rolled his eyes, turned around and 
two minutes later, he breezed by us and tossed the bread on the table. Like, literally. Like, it was wasn't it the same person that took your order? It was the same person that took my order. Oh. And then, so, and, th- and then that's it. Like, he the, punished the, him. The, the, well, the bread, the bread slid across the table. It almost fell on Lauren's lap. <sighs> and we both stared at the bread. And I looked at Lauren and I go, this is the last time we come here. Because the last two times we had gotten really bad service. And that's the only time this I didn't. This is Joe's on Bird Road. Yeah. And that's the last. And I, that's the first, first time I've ever not left a tip. I was like, I wanted to do, I wanted to leave two pennies because I had two pennies in my pocket. I wanted to leave two pennies, and I was like, nope, no, 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 no. That's that was so petty. T- that's really petty. I was like, <laughs> let me not go that far. Let me just not leave a tip. And the guy followed me out, and that that's just a bad move. That was a bad move. And he's like, excuse me. He's like, you didn't leave a tip. You know, like, was there something wrong with my service? And I was like, yes, everything. You should find a different line of work. Absolutely. I was like, this is not the job for you. And I'm not going to tip you because I get better service at my house and I can eat there for free. So, no. You don't toss food at people. I don't think I ever got... No, that's not true. I definitely must have gotten stiffed and it was very annoying. I only ever once followed somebody out, but it wasn't to ask them about my service. It was to give them their money back because the tip was so insulting that I that's yeah you're like, like screw you I was to me I was like oh uh, really oh oh we're getting petty oh, like this oh, are we getting petty and I was like excuse me ma'am you left your change yeah good for you man yeah a lot of times when people don't tip uh, you know or they're poor tippers that it's it's just very like that that was a my situation was a very unique situation i was very upset and the guy was like mean the whole time and yeah. and you know and like and you're there with your significant other and you're like dude like i'm i'm not going to let my significant other be treated this way you know what i mean so and i and i let him know but that situation like leaving like a really bad amount yeah i would i i, I agree with that follow them out be like hey you left your change and screw you for trying to leave this for me do you remember how there used to be meters parked in front of beverly hills cafe yeah like parking meters so in this particular instance the person had left only coins like a, a whole set of coins and it was it was whatever it was ridiculous and i was like you know ma'am you've left your change and she's like no no that's that's for you and i'm like i clearly you need this more than i do nice and i just you started say that? sticking you said i just started sticking the quarters and and all of the machines in the front good for you man i was like you know what fine never yeah, mind yeah. don't worry about it you have a great day yeah and i started putting the tips good for you yeah, man. that's what you should yeah that's i mean that's that's really disrespectful of course you should that's a great reaction that's a smart reaction i, I mean would. listen i i can think look back on it i'm like maybe that's all she had and you know there are people the count the counterpoint to that argument is if you don't have enough money for a tip you don't have enough money to, to go, go out, out to eat. eat very good that's um, right I'm and on that. so yes i agree with that sentiment um if you don't want someone serving your food cook for yourself you know save pocket the funds and go and buy yourself all the the, the ingredients to make yourself a very good meal and you don't have to tip anybody to for service Exactly. Um, go to a fast counter kind of situation where you order up front and you could, you know, click no tip. Yeah. I even tip in those situations. Me too. Me too. I always tip in those Absolutely. situations. Absolutely. I always do. I always do. Because there's always work being done. You're, you're, you're there. This is a luxury service and there's people working for you in some shape, way, or form. It might not be at the table bringing food at the table, but somebody somewhere is doing the work for you to get your food. Correct. You know? So, uh, so I, I totally believe in that. Now, you said something earlier 
that, that triggered something in me because I just had this conversation with Lauren on Friday. Um, you said that it's, it's it, in a worst case scenario, you know that you can go back to that, that you can go back to taking waiting tables, shit, yeah. waiting tables. And, and it was, it was so fascinating because, um, if you've been following this podcast, you know that, you know, I, I went through like a very stressful time these last three weeks and everything's good now. Everything's fine. But, um, there was this thought that that Lauren uh, brought up on Friday. Uh, we went out to a really nice dinner. I canceled my my show, um, and I just made it all about us and about her. And we went out. We had a great night, and uh, and and we were having this conversation. And and I'm like, I'm, I'm telling her about all the stresses of my of my work, and 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 she's like, you know, she's like, do you understand that you don't have to be a therapist? Like, do you understand that, like, if something were to happen and either because, you know, God forbid you did something wrong and you lost your license or uh, whether it's on your own or your own will, you decided, hey, you know what? I'm tired of this line of work, that there's a bunch of other things you could do. And believe it or not, I had not considered that. Like, and I started exploring, like, what are those things that I could do, you know, uh, that if I wasn't a therapist from one day to the next, what would I go do? Right. And, uh, so, and I started thinking about it and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like there's so much out there and it brought me peace. It brought me peace. And I've had like the best weekend since. And then now we're having this conversation and you're like, you're saying, yeah, cause I always know that in a worst case scenario, I can go back to that. And I'm like, man, that's so true. You know, like as long as you have your health, as long as you're, you know, fully able, your body, you know, you're, you're all in one piece and you can go do work. I mean, even if it's going to work construction, you know, like, which I, I know nothing about construction. I don't even know why I said that, but, um, but you know, there is that there's options, right? And, and that brings, I guess, some level of peace in a way. Uh, and so I, I found it funny that you said that because it's like twice that I hear that this weekend. Uh, to this day, I have nightmares of me working at a restaurant Do you really? and not being able to get the food to my customers in time or like anxiety or stress inducing or, co- and they're literal nightmares where I like, I wake up in a, like I, I'm, I can, ha- I have feelings of, of very high stress, almost close to panicking in the dream because, uh, the food is taking too long or I'm not able to get to the customer and, and greet them from after being seated for a long period of time or like I go from having an empty section to a completely full section all of a sudden and I have to run around and I'm like, I don't know where anything is and everything's changed. And, uh, I, yeah. So there's like crazy how that works. And I'm like, I don't even, I haven't worked at a restaurant in, you know, 10 years. You know, recurring dreams are fascinating. I, I, I would, I would love to know everyone's recurring dreams because we all have them or nightmares or whatever you call them. That's how frequently would you say you have that dream? I mean, it's, it's once, once every, once a quarter, once a quarter. Yeah. I have that. That's a dream that's recurring for me. The other dream that's recurring for me is that like, I have skipped so many days of school that I'm going to fail. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Like I've like, I've accrued too many absences. I've skipped too many, too much school. Like I've, um, I haven't gone to a class in like, yeah, I've skipped a class or I forgot about a class or I, I, I don't have the book to the class and I'm going to like, how am I going to go to my, it's weird because what ends up happening is I live in both worlds. I live in a world where I'm, that is reality is true, where I have not gone to this class, but I also am aware that I am of like 
an administrator at this very high level job. <laughs> so it's like, Oh my God, I never graduated high school. Like how can I keep going to work? Right. If right, I've right. Never gra- and you're like, no, George, you definitely graduated because that's how you went to Florida state. And that's how you like right. you constantly like, and it takes I, a while for your mind to like snap back into from a dream state into that reality sometimes where, you know, there's like a little phase in there where your, your brain is telling you that, that that's true, that you never graduated. And how are you in this job? I had, it happens to me all in the dream state. Um, and what I'm, what I'm able to do now for the first time, and there's got to be some correlation between understanding like the state of presence, consciousness, like that whole Eckhart Tolle thing that I've been so about. Yeah. Um, and being able to be in that dream state and to be able to consciously bring myself out of that panic into the reality of no, George, this is just a dream. Like you clearly have done these classes and finished this thing. And like it all happens in the dream. And then like that nightmare goes away. And then like, I just end up going into like whatever non dream sleep rest place. I don't wake up from it. I don't like wake up like, (gasps) like sweating or anything. It just, I just remember. And I like kind of like laugh that, that whole thing happened. happened. Like my mind took me on that trip. So crazy. That's so crazy. No, I I wake up from it. For me, it's a nightmare. And mine is the recurring dream. It's one recurring dream. And it's the one where, uh, because in, in college, I took this one class that it was the only class I ever did really bad in, aside from college algebra, because I had to take that three times, but that wasn't a surprise. Seriously? Yeah, I had to take it three MAC times. MAC 1101? Yep, I had to take it three times. I paid, I paid out-of-state tuition the third time. Yeah, yeah, and even then I barely passed. But that's like, and then I did fine on all my other math classes. It was the strangest experience. But, <laughs> but, but that was like not a surprise to me. I knew that I, that I was going to struggle with that. But there was another class that I was doing so poorly in, and the professor was like, "Carlos, honestly, you should just drop the class." I was like, "You, you have until uh, it was a Wednesday, and I had until that Friday." He's like, "You, you have until Friday to drop the class." And if I were you at this point, honestly, unless you're on some kind of scholarship or financial aid, like honestly, I would just drop it and just try it again at another time. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, "Okay," and I took his, I took his advice. But the what happened in reality is, I woke up that Friday thinking that it was too late, but I had all of Friday to drop it. I thought it was like by like. You know, midnight. I don't know. It was like I was confused, and I and I woke up in a panic, and I went in and and I was able to drop it. But the recurring dream is that I never dropped the class. Okay, and that's the recurring dream because that that takes me into I couldn't graduate, and what am I doing with my life and all this stuff? And I'll wake up in a panic. I'm like, I got to drop this class, and then it takes me. I'm awake, uh-huh. and it takes me I don't know however long to go from that dream state to the reality state. And I'm like, no, like. You graduated, you have your master's degree, you have your career, you're 40 years old, you're 15 years removed from, or whatever, 13 years Yeah, that's not us anymore. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, okay, and I just, and it happens about the same, like once a quarter. Yeah, the restaurant dream gets resolved because it's like, I realized in the dream, like, I don't work here. (laughs) This isn't my job. Right. I haven't worked here in years. Like, I'll just... Like it just the I I have that realization in the dream, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's not as cool as my favorite dream, which is flying. Have you ever had a dream where you fly? You have a dream of flying. Yeah, dude, that must be so peaceful. Is it peaceful? It is the most. It's it's the closest. Like it's joyful. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It is like when I dream that I'm flying, it's kind of like I'm able like there's like wind and I'm able to like hover through the wind. Kind of like have you ever played that Super Mario game where the the raccoon runs and then is able to like flap its little tail like Super Mario Brothers three and or like it and it hovers so like you go down and up to hover. Yep. Yeah, I can do that. Or like I could like jump off like very tall things and like slowly like levitate myself down. down. Yeah. That's so cool. It's very cool. Very cool. Do you feel do you feel a lot of joy throughout your days? That's a, it's uh, to me, joy is a very important word. It's a very like, it's a word that like is not, it's maybe used a lot, but I don't feel people experience a lot. Do you feel pure joy in your daily life? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's little things that bring me, that bring me joy and make me, and it manifests through like a smile or like laughter or like an, or an appreciation of like the majesty of things. Yeah. Um, nature does that to me. Um, and like random animals will do that to me. Um, and then like, like coming home to like my pets, seeing my husband. Um, wow. You know, um, we have these chickens at the office. Like we have at at my job. (laughs) Yeah. So in the, (laughs) I know we have, that's the most random thing you've said. I work at a state building in downtown and there's just, there's like roosters and chickens like that nestle or nest in and around that building. And so there's something that's very joyful about seeing like a mama hen with like six little chicks behind her just chip 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 like when you're like on your way to the work yeah you know or seeing like a big old rooster like crowing like i I don't know there's just something there like i see that and i always smile and i always get really happy when i see that you know it's because you're Um, present i have you always been like that i mean no a lot of people a lot of men in our age group really really struggle with finding joy and stuff no. And and so you haven't. This no. is this is new. I mean it's all relatively new. This I think is all related to like the the, stu- the the studying you've done under the Eckhart Tolle. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because, I, I think I need to get into that again. I definitely need to get into that again. That's great that you can experience those those little things and and interpret it as joy. You know, I think that's great. I think it's really really important at this point in our lives yep. to be able to do that. That's really cool. Yeah, I notice I notice a lot of like joy and peace in you. And I admire that. And I think that's one of the reasons I like being around you, you know, is that joy and peace. And I know that not everything's always perfect and life isn't perfect, but um, you know, really finding those moments cuz I you see what I've been doing uh, this week was a lot about introspection for me. Like I really had to, you know, my my parents my parents came to visit from Chile. They got here August second, and uh, and they left on Thursday night. They left on Thursday night, and I dropped Ooh, them that's off. That's a long visit. It was a long visit. Do it they was, come for that much time usually? It's it's this is a first in like across the board because they were living in Miami three years ago. They moved to Chile, and then uh, and then this so this was the first visit back. Okay. Oh, sorry, man. Um, so, you know, th- so I took them. Um, it was it was draining. My parents, my parents were very successful for a time. And then they lost it all. And they lost it all right around the time where I was graduating from college. So I was very much 
on my own for everything. Um, couldn't I haven't relied on my parents in many years. I mean, uh, and, and 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 not only monetarily but emotionally, psychologically. Like I haven't relied on them in a very long time. So I, that's it's a big reason why I've been in this survival mode uh, for so long. And uh, and and I dropped them off Thursday, and and you know I felt relief, but I felt sadness at the same time. Um, I, I and and I, I was sad to have to have felt any of those, right? I was like, so the sadness was the was a result of the relief that you felt, like yeah. I yeah, feel yeah. sad that I feel so good Rip. that they're gone. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it's uh, it's they Probably. never they never bounced back. Like they bounced back, relatively speaking. They live a nice, peaceful life now. It took them like fifteen years to get there um, to bounce back. But uh, but even while they were here, it was a lot of like just pulling and needing, and it wasn't like, you know, I'm here to contribute to your life it was more like i need this and i need that and you do this for me and i need to pick this up for me and i need to do this and i need to take us to the doctor carlos please carlos, carlos please carlos, carlos please carlos, no 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 please has gone out the window it's like you're our only son so you have to kind of thing and oh. so this is what we're doing and i'm going to need you to do this and i'm going to need you to do that and i'm going to need you to call and i'm going to need you to do i'm going to need you to get our mail you know and uh and so yeah so i felt relief and and but i felt really sad because it's really sad when you when you reach a point, whether it's through the loss of parents, like through death or in other ways, like in my situation where you kind of lose your parents, you lose, you lose the role that your parents played in your life. You know, like, I was like, man, I can, I really can't rely on you. And I realized that I was like, man, I don't feel a lot of joy and a lot of peace in my life because I have felt their instability for so long. And I've just been in survival mode. Like, I, like oh, my God, I'm on my own. I'm on my own. I'm on my own. I'm on my own. Like, on my own. Like, if, if, if I have no one to turn to, if I lost my job and I lost everything, I end up living under a bridge. I'll end up homeless. Like, that's like, I don't have people, right? And I couldn't be more wrong. You know, and I came home and I looked at Lauren and I was like, wow, I was like, this is all that matters, right? This is all that matters. And I just lost it. I lost it crying. I was just like, this is, but it was a cry of relief. And yes. It was a cry of like, you it's know what, smile. like, you know what, I, if I don't, if I don't lighten up my load, if I don't lighten up, I'm going to have a heart attack in the next 10 years. And I really need to chill. I really need to get out of this survival mode. Things, well, listen, we're in our forties. Things will be happy. Really, we're in that. That we're in this. We're in this like very precarious age of our lives where we're subject to these like physical conditions, particularly when it comes to like our heart, where we have to just like tread lightly. Yes. Um. Where like there's just it's like I don't know what it's. I, I'm not exactly sure about the statistics of it, but my understanding is that men in their forties have these things called Widowmakers. Yes. And it's like a heart attack that hits a dude like between the ages of 40 and 50. Yep. And they, you basically do not survive it. You don't. You it's, don't survive it's strong. it. It happened it's to my uncle. He passed away when he was like 45. Um, I'm sure, I, I know countless of stories. I mean, it's called the Widowmaker for Christ's sake. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, all of that, all that stress, all of that hurt, all of that resentment, all that stuff, I feel like definitely affects the heart. Yeah. It does. And Do you feel like there's a correlation? I, I, this is going to sound maybe a little very... This is going to sound new agey as fuck. Okay? I like it. Let's do it. So get out your crystals. <laughs> get out your, your, your sound bath bowl. And go on this journey for me for a second. Yeah. Because when, cause when I first heard it, I thought, oh, that's fucking hokey. But 
the more that I thought about it, the more truth I feel like there is in that. And it goes to the idea of the mind, body, soul connection, um, which I do believe in because of how well I feel through like the, the, the ability of being present and understanding and being able to identify what my ego looks like, how it sounds, you know, the whole like little child thing that I've talked about before. And so when a person goes through some sort of um, like stress trauma um, because of fuck anything, you know, like a devastating loss, you know, like a parent losing a child, um, a devastating uh, circumstance that you feel very hurt by and it causes you like some sort of deep sadness. Um, those people usually end up having very, very sickly, very like um, affected uh, ailments later in life. Yes. Um, they go into like dementia um, or Alzheimer's yep. or heart, heart attacks or heart diseases. And so the, the correlation is, is that you go through this pain and you don't resolve it. And so what ends up happening is your body, because you don't deal with and resolve the pain in a conscious, like active role, your body takes on all that energy and it starts to decompose or like your brain starts to go away because you want to forget it. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. Your body tells you, yeah, like this is as far as you can take me with this. Your heart is literally broken and that's why you have a heart attack and you have heart disease and you have all these things because you've not dealt with the pain of that trauma, of that loss, of that stressor, of that thing that you went through instead of going through it and like doing all the things that are necessary for you to come out of the other side. Not to ever forget because the goal isn't to forget. No, because you learn from from it. So you don't forget. But just how to like live and how to find joy again and how to, um, I don't, I mean, I don't exactly know all the words that are to use, but like how to get through it. Um, and come out the other side so that, you know, you're able to like live again. Like, listen, my grandmother and my grandfather both have, I mean, my grandfather died, um, in his eighties and, but he had Alzheimer's. Um, and I feel like it really started hitting hard after my uncle died at 45 and he, from when my uncle died to when my grandfather died was, I want to say like 15 years, maybe even more. Maybe even more. Yeah, definitely more like 18, maybe 20 years where he just deteriorated like mentally. And to me, it's like, yeah, your brain wanted to forget. Like you couldn't deal with the loss of, I mean, a parent losing a child. It has to be the worst fucking pain imaginable for them. Um, So if you don't go through the feelings and you don't deal with that, like process it, your brain is going to do it for you. And just. (laughs) Man, I you are on point. Do you think there's anything to that? Well, oh, well, all right. So this is... Or like a person who's like super stressed all the time that ends up like getting cancer. Like yeah. if you're okay. always like manifesting like anxiety and... Yeah. Like can you make yourself physically yes. sick through your emotional mental state? Oh, well, you see, okay. So if, you were to, if you're asking me, I'm, I, am, I am not extreme on... There are most things I'm not extreme on. I, I try to keep an open mind on on everything, and I'm always like, well, let's check the other side of this, and, you know, kind of, you know. This is one of the things in my life that this is no longer like, oh, is this a thing? No. This is, there's enough fact to back this up. Okay. There's enough. This really? Is, oh, yeah. There's enough facts to 
to back this up. And 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 like there's um a book when I was on Nikki's podcast, I I, I recommended it as well by Dr. Amen, uh, called Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. All right, and he, Dr. Amen, is the um, the doctor who started uh, doing spec scans, and he would see how the brain would react to your emotional stress. All right, so if you're ang- you're anxious, the par- certain parts of the brain would light up. If you're sad, other parts of the brain. If you're happy, other parts of the brain would light up. And he would guide people's therapy through what he would see in the spec scans. Now, so that's the brain part. Now, the, but does that all connect? Yes, because all of that causes, you know, the inflammation. It causes the irregular heartbeats. It causes, you know, it, it, it and and the cancer cells. With the cancer cells, yes, it, it the stress does. There is a correlation there. Like the mind body uh, connection is super super strong, and it's factual now. At this point, there's enough research to prove that. If you're like, oh, that's bullshit. No, you know, it's really not. You know, uh, it's like if it, it's like saying, oh, well, you know, exercise is not all that beneficial. No, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of research that says that it is beneficial, and everything you're describing. I believe in wholeheartedly, which is actually why I'm sharing with you what I'm sharing with you about my personal life, because um, I want to I want to get into a more peaceful place because I'm worried that I'm going to be one of those people. I'm worried that all this stuff that I worry about is not going to matter in the in the near future. And but what it is going to cause in the near future is me being more at risk of develop or you know having cancer or a heart attack because I do believe in that connection wholeheartedly. I've had, I guess, a naive mindset for a long time in that, like, I just always felt like things are gonna work out. I don't know what to tell you. I don't you know, there is time, there's been moments in my life where I was definitely like, quote, in a darker place, you know, where I was, uh, had more sadness, um, where, you know, looking around me, there'd be times where I would think, what the fuck am I doing? But there were very, there were, there were few, there and far between. Um, and somehow, like, I always managed to like, kind of keep a job and go to work and find my way on a right path. Like there was some sort of like internal monologue that wouldn't keep that kept me from sliding too far off course. And like people would ask me like, oh, what's your like, did you ever have these conversations like in your 30s or maybe in your late 20s? Where like were the people who were in your life that were very like professionally driven or like career driven were like, what's your next move? What are you going to do? Like. I never really had those conversations because I wasn't really driving my career. I was just kind of like living in the moment. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not really sure what where life is going to take me, but like I'm in this spot. I'm going to see what's going to go. And as doors open, I'm going to walk through them and make the best of it. And we'll see where life takes me. And I don't know. They're like, why aren't you worried about your retirement? And, and you're that, this stuff. And I'm like, no, not really. They're like, but, but what are you like? How can you be like that? I'm like, I don't know. Everything's going to work out. Everything just. Yeah, because either it works out or it's death. It's either death or it works out. Those are the options. So it's like, you know, it's like now now how much you stress about it working out. Like I do believe in a certain level of planning, but to a certain degree, not that 
because if anything, if life teaches us anything is that most of the time things aren't going to work out as you plan it. And so the, the whole like over planning your life, I feel like people over invest their time on that. Like spend a little bit of time kind of planning it out. Like maybe the, the shell, you know, maybe the outline of like what you want your life to look like. But I was, no, me either. I was never one of those like, no, but I want to retire with $5 million in my, in, in the account. And I want to leave enough for my kids and my kids, kids. And I want this and I want that. And I want to retire by the age of this. And I want to have that. And I want to have X amount of houses. And I want to, and I'm like, damn, I'm like, that's really detailed considering that you might have a heart attack at 45. Right. <laughs> so- yeah. I guess, I mean, I guess when I've already planned the idea of living to a hundred 50 years old oh, that's like it's gonna work out you know and and i want to retire by 60 like i need like a lot of savings to 120 years without working is a long time it's gonna work out yeah but somehow it's gonna work <laughs> it's out gonna work so out. social security <laughs> i guess i mean no but 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 in all seriousness though that that way of you thinking is healthier than what the average American is is thinking, and I, I need to achieve that. And what I my biggest struggle right now is to achieve that while still doing the work that I'm doing. Because sometimes it's really hard to feel joy when you're listening to so many people's issues and difficulties. Yeah, I don't know how you do yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm doing it, and that's my biggest. That is right now my biggest professional challenge. I am. Right now, I'm at a point where I, there's I can use the knowledge I've gained and apply it in so many other different ways that is not one-on-one therapy. But I keep being told that I'm really good at the one-on-one therapy, and like that's kind of like intriguing because like people are like, dude, like don't get off this path. You're like really, really good, and and it's you're really needed. Mm-hmm. You are really needed in our society right now. So, but then there's like this other side of me of like I need to. I'm I'm professionally right now learning, and I don't know if I'm gonna learn it or not. But I I need to begin the process of learning. To not own all these, all this toxic stuff that I'm receiving throughout my days. If you think about it, right? I mean, I'm receiving a lot of yeah. Like how you, know, you don't want to absorb all that and that people, other people's, you know, negative mindsets. Right. You right. just want to help them through theirs without having it, have without absorbing any of it on you. Right. Um, and I have a, I have a gauge. I have a gauge because I. either I leave a session feeling drained or I feel a session, I leave a session saying, damn, that was really good. Like I really helped this person out. And it like, it brings me like this energy, like hell yeah, dude, like this is what it's all about. And then there's other sessions I walk away from where I'm like, damn, life sucks. (laughs) Yeah. I could see, I would see myself definitely feeling more along the lines of like, Oh no, I wouldn't, Take it. I wouldn't take on the energy of the person. I would just be judgy of that person. Like, ugh, that's a lost cause. Oh, so he's just. uh, (laughs) I'm like, I'm gonna just keep giving him the same tools over and over again, and eventually he will get it, or he won't, um, or they'll she or they they'll get it, they won't get it, and but I'm still gonna cash that check because Mm, that's what I'm here to do. That's what you're here to do. True. um, True. Yeah. So yeah, but definitely judgmental. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, (laughs) judgy, like judge, judge, super judgy. Oh, you're a loss. Oh, look at you talking about the same shit again. And let me see. Let me try this, and I'll bring it up to them. Do you remember the last time we talked, and you said, you know, X, Y, and Z? Well, now you're taking, you're saying one, two, three, but 
literally it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Have you ever thought about it? And, you know, they'll synthesize for a nanosecond. And nine times out of ten, it's no, it's completely different because that was about this person, and this is about this other person, which is you know you know that external locus of control where it's not you're taking responsibility for your feelings. It's your feelings are because of other people's behavior. Exactly. Um, and then that's when I'm like, oh yeah, you're just a lost cause, but I'm gonna just. If I, anyway. But because I'm not in a mental health space and right. what this is not doing, it's causing me now I've wasted time because I feel like I will give a person some time to like, you know, talk about stuff. And since I've been on this podcast with you, I have been approached with people who want to discuss the topics of their goings on. And it usually starts off with how I'm doing. So they will ask me how I am and I'm great. So I'm like, you know, I'm really good. And then they'll follow it up with like, no, but like, well, what's really going on? And I'm like, you know, nothing's really going on. Things are really good and placid and peaceful. Interesting. And I leave it there. because, And then I don't follow up with, how are you? Because I don't want to open up. You don't want to open up that kind of arms. I'm not in that moment. I'm not. I will not ask, how are you? Unless I really feel like I want to know. That you want to know. Right. Or like. You know, I just, I'm yeah. not that, in, I'm not that curious about other people's feelings, yeah. frankly. And I know how that sounds. No, I know. Um, but, but that's the thing, but like, you know. But uh, I guess it's like a man, like a, it's a catch me at the right time. Catch you at the right time. Catch me at the right yeah. time. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, I'll say that. Catch yeah. me at the right time and I might be a little bit more sensitive. Yeah, no, because you're really good at giving advice and you're insightful and, you know, so yeah, it, for you it would be more like it's got to be a good place and time. You know what I would be more it. willing to do? I would be more willing to offer that that energy to the to a person if they ask me directly for it okay you know like hey can you help me out with something i really or need, I would like your, with something i'd like your advice on right. something i would like your advice i would and if i feel like if i knew going into that and i had like and i could definitely like listen if i have my backpack on and i'm walking out of the gym and you're asking me for advice as i'm getting into my car mm, yeah maybe, maybe not, the, not right, the best time not the best time right but you know, gauge it correctly, and you catch me at the right, you know. Yeah. And I'm I'm all there. Yeah, and 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 you're good when you're when you're all there. You're really good. Like yeah. I know you've given me a lot of good advice. You know, uh, and and no, I, I would say that the 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 mind body connection. Going back to that, I think people underestimate it, and I think people need to start really living that and acknowledging that they really have to say okay this is going to affect me it's not it's no longer a theory it is happening it is happening you know the 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 just stress anxiety it 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 really limits the blood flow in your heart i mean it literally affects you physiologically Mm -hmm. you know um so you know you need to you need to be careful with that and i need to like i'm 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 looking for those pockets of joy right now because it's a much better option and i'm doing that so i'm 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 I'm, I'm just I'm searching for like like and I'm I'm being more present and I'm gonna go back to the Eckhart Tolle stuff. It's, I'm going to re- read it and and I'm going to live it and because it's it's true. Like it, since Friday, since my conversation with Lauren on Friday, I've just been like 
I'm all about the right now. Like I'm running with you this morning and I'm like, this is awesome. And it's the only now I have. There's no sense in worrying about the now of the past or the now of the future. Correct. Uh, right. I am here and this is fantastic right now. And we went to Starbucks and we're having a great conversation and that, you know, was great. And then, you know, trying to convince George that peppermint is the best thing in coffee. That was a great moment as well. For you. Exactly. It was terrible for him. And then here, and then this moment. Yeah, whatever. You know? So, uh, but yeah, I, I, joy and peace. Joy and peace. Look, if you are a hundred percent where you are in that moment, then you're free of being anywhere else. And you're just dealing with what was in, in front of you, you know, right. If it's a task oriented thing, then you're just focused on that task. And once it's done, you move on. You're not creating more anxiety or angst in the places where you are not doing the things you aren't able to do. You know, right. um, I don't, I don't know how, I mean, to me, it's, it's a very simple concept for me because I understood it. Uh, it took me a while to understand it. But when I was able to manifest and actually practice of like pulling my brain out of um, a situation that it's not in and focusing on where I actually am. And examples of this are I will have imaginary arguments with people in my head mm-hmm. that about things that haven't have or have not happened yet fights with my parents over you know socio-political religious issues that based on their beliefs i know how they're going to argue so i will have imaginary arguments in my head where i'm like fighting with them in my head fights that have not occurred yet fights that are not happening because they're in my own fucking head and i will tell myself stop like it's literally just stop and it's like, and then it's like, the, I, I feel the tension release. I can feel the back of my, the, my shoulders drop a little bit. Um, I will think about all of the things that I need to do at the office, the work. And I'll do this in bed at night for the next day. And it's like, stop. You don't, you're not there. You're not there. You're here. What's feel your toe, feel your leg, feel your breath. Get slower. Sink into your pillow. Sink into your. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And it's like, because that's where I'm at. I'm not at the office sitting in front of my desk doing an analysis of you know the next four quarters of payroll. No, it's 11:45 p.m. on a Sunday, and I'm in bed. Go to sleep. Does that, how's your sleep, by the way? It's good. Yeah? Yeah. Because, no, I ask because that level of self-talk leading into sleep usually brings on better quality sleep. I said the part about feel yourself sinking in because I have literally felt that. I have felt, you don't, I don't think people realize how much tension they hold in their body. They don't. Until you become presence of your actual body. Right. Like, lie in bed and, like, try to, like, turn every, like, definitely be off your device. But feel your body and then try to, like, feel your body sink into the bed and you'll feel, like, a physical release and you will definitely feel that sinking sensation. Your body becomes heavier and, like tension that you're holding releases a little bit just like it it's enough for you to notice the difference like and you're like oh wow yeah 
you know, and using the breath, like every exhale to like push yourself into your bed and feel yourself leaving like the tension behind, um, is all super helpful for me. I think that's great, man. I think that you're in a good place in that sense. I think I, I, uh, I need to get back into doing things like that. You know, because last week, last week I was listening to our episode from last week, and and there was a point where you were like, "Oh, you know, with our nutrition and exercise, you're like we were doing so well, and you know, I kind of went on this food foodcation and this and that." And you know, when we first started recording, I I was doing really well with meditating, and I was doing well with kind of like being more present and things like that. And I let that go. I took a vacation from that. Yeah, and never came back to it. <laughs> And it showed, yeah, you know, and it showed. So it's kind of like you said that about, you know, nutrition last week, but I'm kind of saying it this week about like, I need to get back on, on that, you know, because it's, it's, it's especially for people who, you know, listening, who, who's in the, who are in their forties, this is a reality. Like we're, we're our prime candidates for some shit to happen. That Widowmaker heart attack is yeah. a real, real thing. I've had multiple people tell me like, Hey, you know, like, Take care of yourself. I know you take care of yourself through exercise and nutrition, but also take care of yourself, you know, mentally. Take care of yourself emotionally because this is you're a prime candidate for a heart attack. And I'm like, what do you mean? I exercise every day. And they're like, nope. You're male and you're 40. Yep. That's it. That's not. Yeah. You are a male and you're in your 40s already candidate. So be very careful. Tread lightly, like you said. Tread lightly. So I'm going to start doing that, motherfucker. Find the joy. It's Find the joy around and peace. you everywhere. It is. Yeah. It is. Like when we're done recording, I'm I'm gonna help Lauren. We're um, I haven't done any packing. Lauren has done all the packing up to now. That's definitely joyful. It, yeah. For you. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, she hasn't packed my stuff. <laughs> I don't know about her. Joy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. She it. hasn't packed my oh, stuff. Okay, got it, got it, yeah. Got yeah. It. So I got to get on my stuff. Okay. And 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 that's the. Do I have work stuff to worry about? Yes, but it's Sunday, so I'm not going to worry about it until tomorrow. Correct. And I'm going to enjoy this moving process, and uh, and and I'm going to start there. Yeah. So. How was your week with uh, nutrition and exercise? I would give myself like a C plus. A C plus? That's passing. That's good. I'd give myself a C plus. Okay. Okay. Why? Um, because I start I, off usually doing very, uh, nutritionally, I start off very well. Like breakfast, lunch are easily trackable. Okay. Um, and then dinner I might not track. Okay. Like, so I'll, C plus in nutrition. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say because your workouts have been pretty Fitness stellar. Fitness wise, I've I've you know B plus, you know, one hundred and fifteen really kilos. Good. I did a hundred and fifty three hundred and thirty pound clean, which is a PR for me. <sighs> it's amazing. It dude. was and it was really easy. That's amazing. That's good. That's a good sign. It and on top really of that, easy. wait. So what's the final verdict on um, on MIA Classic? Are you doing it or no? I mean, as of today. I have not sold my spot, so okay. I am still registered Good. to compete. Good. That is the answer. Okay. I'm going to try and volunteer that weekend. Okay. So, okay. Good, I know good, that good. it's sold out, and no one has reached out to me to try to buy my spot. I have not advertised that I'm selling my spot either. Okay. But if, I don't know, like maybe make me an offer. And we'll okay. See. All right. <laughs> Offer, offers are being accepted make currently. Me a, make me an offer. I definitely might. If I can make some money off. Yeah. <laughs> if you really want to compete. And Man, there was a day that, that 
I was warming up with George at the gym and somebody came by and said, are you still, you were, you're still here? And, and you're like, no, I went home and then I came back and I was like, yeah, you had a good week. You had a good training week. Your wads looked good. And George pushed me on Wednesday to get out of my comfort zone and do a workout with strict handstand pushups and I did eight of them. Yes, you did. So thank you. You're eight, very welcome. Eight good ones plus a bunch of little halves and quarters and little pushes here and there, but but eight solid ones. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, it was definitely a good training week. Um, for for me, uh, nutrition wasn't as good as the other weeks, but I'm not being too hard on myself because I, I had to go out to eat a lot this week. So I used my intuitive dieting strategy and I did a lot better than I would have two months ago under those same situations. So I'm happy I give myself a B, a solid B on nutrition and an A minus on training. Have you registered for the turkey trot? No. Are you not going to register for the turkey trot? I don't think I'm going to do the turkey trot this year. Okay. No, I mean, my youngest son wants to do it. And (laughs) my youngest son wants to do it. And, um... He he did it with his mom last year, but um, his mom, so his mom was with a friend, and the friend was like, I'm going to run the whole time, and then, so my ex was like, okay, stay with her, and then my son ended up by himself at the end, and he was, he got really freaked out he, at the end at the finish line. I mean, there's a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of people, and, and, and he was like in the middle of that field, and he didn't know, and, and finally he started seeing all the people from Seoul, and then he was like, okay, cool. I was like, here, he's like, there are my people, uh, so, and then, then he saw me, and, and it was, so I, he, I told him, I never want you to, I don't want you to run the turkey trot unless you're going to run with people. I don't care how much faster you are than everyone else but you stay with the fastest person at soul and what and if he's faster he's fa- if he's faster he can't i don't want him running by himself so he's gonna have to slow down and go at the pace of the fastest person if that's his situation i don't know how fast he possibly is i mean i know he's a soccer player and everything and he is naturally fast but you well know. the good thing is that this year if he does if you do choose um, there is going to be like a tent. That's what I heard. So he could go to the tent. He could just go to the tent. He could just run as fast as he wants and then go to the tent. And go straight and to wait the tent for everybody. Okay, yeah, because last year was a little scary for him. But I personally don't want to do it. Um, I am excited about the gauntlet, though. Tell us a little bit more about the gauntlet, George. Well, in 2018, Wadapalooza for the first time released an option for athletes who wanted to participate in the fitness festival that is Wadapalooza, but did not want to commit to three days of working out. And so what they offered was something called the gauntlet, which is a one-hour workout where you have five five different stations, um, and from beginning to end, it's 60 minutes of working out. And so they divided it up. Uh, last year into five different little mini workouts and the whole thing from beginning to end, like I've said again, it took everybody an hour to do it. And so they had a bunch of heats throughout uh, two days or three days 
of people just going through the same workouts. And at the end, like they crowned a winner in like the RX division, the scale division, and the in, there was an intermediate. There intermediate? There was three uh, divisions. I think so. I middle. think there was. Yeah. Okay. So they had like a beginner of an intermediate and an advanced or a scale beginner scaled into whatever yeah, they, yeah, had yeah, they had three had. you had you had choose your own adventure three choices <laughs> choose your own adventure. and like based on your fitness level you could find like the division that you're in and everyone regardless of age weight whatever you had to pick one of those three and um at that point i was just i had like finished triathlon stuff and i was starting weightlifting stuff but I this idea of like oh I could do a bunch of workouts in an hour and get like the Wadapalooza feel was very intriguing. So I signed up when I did it, and you signed up as well. Yeah, and you did it, and yep. it was like a couple of other guys from the gym did it. Sean did it, Benny did it, and we were all somewhat went at the same time, which was a beautiful experience. Yeah, we were like all on the floor at the same time. Yeah, that was beautiful. That's what it's all to me. That's what it was all about. I mean, I did much better than I thought I would. Um, we talked a little bit about it last week with the dumbbell with the judge. That was like you need to jump over the dumbbell yeah. and not behind it. Uh, so, but other than that, I mean, it was just a great experience. And was it, that your you first know, like? competition experience outside of the gym yeah, yeah. outside of soul yeah it was okay. it was very overwhelming it was i was very anxious um i almost threw up a couple times because of the nerves okay and then i realized that it's really not a big deal it like really i was like big. i looked around and i'm like this is not a big deal like mm-hmm. nobody gives a fuck about me except my wife the judge and minnie who was uh minnie's a friend of ours from the gym who was like really cheering me on because he knew that i was kind of freaked out about the rope climb so he was there with with lauren kind of pushing me through yes um so uh but but uh, other than that it's like you see this big stage you see all the, the bleachers and you see all the lights and you're like oh my god everyone's staring at me no one really cares <laughs> no, no. no one's looking and uh and it was great to be like I, you were next to me and then and then it was you know uh benny and sean and and we had it was a great time and we're doing it again we're doing it we all are again. doing it again that friday february 21st i think we picked between noon and noon two and 259 so noon and three, three right yeah um so that's when we're going i hope we get paired at the same time ish again I hope so too. I hope so too. I, hope I want we we're I want to record a podcast episode from Wadapalooza at yeah. some point in the weekend, and where I I'm hoping to be able to interview a masters level elite athlete. Dude, it's different this year though. It's not five. It's three. Five f- three what? So the gauntlet is three workouts this year. Okay, I think is what I read. Okay, and then whoever like I guess there is like. I guess that what they're going to do is they're going to judge everybody's scores. And based on that, there's a final. Oh, there's a final. Yeah. Cool. I'm not making the final, so I'm not going to worry about that. I mean, that's not, we don't know what's going to happen. I, I think you'll make the final. I think the likelihood of either one of us making the final is work is not in our favor, but you never you know. Never know. Who, yeah, yeah, it's, it's all true. based on who signs yeah, up. Yeah, it's like ten people sign out. up. Yeah, then you have. Yeah, so. well, we'll see. But uh, but I definitely want to interview. So if anybody out there has any connections in any way that we can like get in touch, with, I really want to get a master, like a female and a male masters elite level athlete, on the show and just record it directly from Wadapalooza and hopefully get a. A press like, pass. Oh, thanks for taking the time. To and I'll be like, "You're welcome. Thanks for thanks for joining <laughs> us today. Have a good day, everybody. Take care." And as long as they're on at some point, you know, uh, that would be really cool. I would like to I would like to pick at their brains a little bit as far as what it's like to be you know p- past the age of 35 and be competing at that level. 
um, I would like to just talk to them. So hopefully that will happen. Throwing out into the universe, throwing it out to our listeners. And some of you might know people or know somebody who knows somebody or works for a company that isn't somehow connected with you know that and and hopefully we can get a press pass and you know really I mean, we do can talk something to julian cerna he's 36 and he's the master oh that's true we don't even have to reach that far <laughs> no all right never mind everybody we're just gonna interview julian which will be like 30 minutes of him talking about dicks there <laughs> jk i don't even think julian listens to this podcast so it's fine well we're gonna tag him now yeah. now his curiosity is gonna he's gonna want to listen now so um all right where can they find us on instagram where or can, on, the, on the web where can they find us well you can send us emails inquiries thoughts comments concerns to our gmail which is moacamedia at gmail.com yep i am on instagram um at george i sanchez i am on instagram under carlos escanilla underscore lmhc and our uh, instagram handle for moaca media is at moaca media so reach out let us know let us know what's up all right we'll let you know if uh, george decides to sell a spot for the mia classic we'll keep you posted and we'll let you know if carlos can find his joy next week oh absolutely i think that's gonna happen but i'll let you know Bye. bye